let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity right now to be with you. Lord, we know that you meet us in a time of praise and worship in, in that time of adoration of who you are. And Father, we come expecting you to meet us in your word. Lord, that it would, it, would, it would not come back void, but it would speak to our hearts and minds. Lord, that we'd be open to receive the things that you want to say. Father, we come anticipating meeting you in the breaking of the bread as you're revealed to us. So, Father, be with us now. Meet with us now. And we ask that you would change us and transform us as a result of meeting with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're beginning a series on the five habits of every disciple, which I think is really important for us as a church, especially as we're going through this season of Lent. And we begin to look at these five habits that, that is common among disciples or what they would look like. And as a Christian, as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, these are habits that we should be practicing or ways that we should be walking out our faith. And the five habits are to connect, pray, serve, give and share. And these are things that we, we don't necessarily happen just in an order, but in some way or another that we're connecting and, and praying and serving and giving and sharing as a way of life that we have as Christians, as disciples of Christ. And a habit has to do with how we behave. That's a habit. And there, it's an, there, there are essential common habits like these five that Christians practice, that the way of a Christian life that we should be flowing uh, within these different habits. And our habits determine our outcome in life. If we have bad habits, those bad habits will determine the outcome of our life. If we fall into those bad habits and we're making poor choices and they continue to happen, we'll continue to go down that road and it'll affect our life and affect the lives of those around us. And our good habits will do the same thing. Our good habits will begin to, to reap what we sow as a result of that habit that we've put in our life. But both habits, whether good or bad, will determine our life outcome. And it's amazing how bad habits come so easily to us. Like, that somehow we didn't have to work at those. Somehow they just began to manifest and probably because of our sinful nature and, and we're fallen and fallen short from that glory of God and, and we just naturally can fall into these bad habits and they seem to progress and, and get worse, but they come so easily. Yet it's so difficult for us to create new ones. Bad ones come easy, new ones take work. New ones take focus. New ones take uh, a discipline that, that, that will transform our lives. But we have to put something into that habit to begin to form that change. And creating new habits, there's basically three things that we have to focus on if we're going to have them. And when we're creating a new habit, the first thing that we have to do is make it simple. Often we make it too complicated, and when we make it too complicated, we fail immediately. But we have to simplify that process. The second thing we do is if we're going to have these habits that it becomes daily. That daily I begin to practice that. Daily I begin to put that in my life. And the third thing has to be with accountability. That I don't do it alone. That, that I'm not trying to create this in a way that I could just make this happen, but there's, there's an accountability within that process. So I have to keep it simple, I have to do it daily, and it has to be done with accountability. 
And we need to get our lives connected in such a way that we can begin to form this good and healthy habits as disciples of Christ. And that's why connecting is so important. That's why we're going to look at being connected. And we've never been more connected as a culture, yet lonely at the same time. That with all the advancements we have with technology, that through the internet and email and social media and with unlimited news and television and all the various devices that we have and utilize, we're still struggling with loneliness, regardless of how connected we might think we are. And being more connected digitally has not advanced our well-being. We are at higher rates right now of depression and loneliness than we've ever been before. See, connecting on a virtual level is not the same as connecting on a human level. And there's a difference. And we've slowly allowed our human connection connection to be replaced with a virtual one. Slowly. And we've taken on those habits and it's began to disconnect us in so many ways, not really better connect us. And when you add a pandemic to it, which demands social distancing and, and something that's important for our safety and also that, that uh, we're in the midst of this incredible crisis, not just of a pandemic that we're dealing with in our life, but we're also faced with the greater crisis in our lifetime, a crisis of loneliness. That how today we face uh, what's going on around us within the culture, that you deal with this idea that we might feel that we're more connected, yet we're more lonely than we ever were before. And now that we're faced with a pandemic that requires social distancing and that separation from one another, there's even added to that this greater sense of being lonely, being separated, being disconnected. And that as a result of that, we are isolated. And the important thing is we've got to figure out how to get connected. And the only remedy to our crisis of loneliness is to discover the Lord's love for us. The fullness of his kingdom and what that is and what that means to us. And he, he, and he teaches us that to be connected, we come through that love that he has for us. And, and in response, we love God and we love people. And that's how we begin to be connected in that way. That's how we be, begin to be connected in that relationship with who he is and that relationship with others. We read in Mark's gospel today, chapter 8, where Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's preparing them for what's to come, that they would understand what the next would be for him, but that there's this also understanding that they have to remain connected to him and remain connected in that relationship. And he says in verse 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. This is unimaginable to Peter, that he, uh, there, there had to be another way. There had to be some other way that this would take place. This is not what he believed or could imagine that was going to have to happen once he's discovered who Christ is. And he believed there had to be another way. And Jesus says that, that you're not mindful of the things of God, but of man. That you're connected to the things of man, not connected to the things of God. And the ways of God are different than the ways of this world. And we have to have that understanding. And Jesus came and what he's describing to them what's going to happen is that he's going to sacrifice himself. 
And the reason he's going to sacrifice himself is so that we could be reconciled to God, that we could be into that relationship with him, that that's the only way. And what he's saying is that our humanness can be connected to his godliness. And that's how this will take place, only if he was to give up himself. That's the ultimate connection that's going to happen. And we have to understand that connection, that it's the Lord's sacrificial love towards us that connects us into that relationship with him. It's the ultimate sacrifice that he makes for us. We're reminded in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That God loved us so much and wanted to connect with us so much that he would give up his only son. And how important it is that we know that, that that's where that connection begins. Or in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins. There was nothing earned. It was nothing deserved. It was because of his love for us. It wasn't a fact that we had to figure out how to get our lives together to connect with who he was. But it was a fact of how much he loved us that he was willing to give himself up for us to be in that relationship. So if we believe this to be true, then we enter into this eternal connection with the Father, not a temporal one. That, that we're granted this understanding there's an eternal life as a result of that relationship and sacrifice and what he's done for us. And he invites us in to that godliness. And he invites us in to this connection and this relationship. And our connection to our creator is lived out through our love for him and our love for people. That's the connection. That's how it's lived out. That we're not created to be isolated or disconnected and alone, that we're created for relationships. And I think that's why this pandemic is so incredibly hard. I, I think that because that we're created for those relationships and being forced into a place of isolation and disconnecting doesn't come natural. It's against our nature and how God has made us, a God who's relational and invites us into that relationship. So we're suffering through that change and, and, and having to um, create a way that we're distancing for safety for one another, but yet still desiring that relationship with him. And the first way for us to be connected is knowing God's love for us, is resting in that truth, is understanding the depth of that love that he has for us. Is, is knowing that love is something that he's given to us and that we're to be connected that way. We'd be connected in that relationship with him first and foremost. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, what Jesus is telling his disciples is that our spiritual sustenance, our lifeline is being connected to the vine, which is him. That we're called to abide in him first. And abide, when we come into that relationship, what it literally means, the translation of that word is to be grafted in. As if you were to take a branch from one fruit tree and graft it into another fruit tree to create this hybrid that the two would become one. So too, are we supposed to be connected in that way? That he's that vine, that we're that branches, and that we're grafted into this life and this relationship. We're grafted into his 
holiness and his godliness. And, and we bring our humanness into that. And he, he gives us his grace as we're grafted in to who he is. And that's the depth of relationship. That's how close we're called to be. That, that with him we'll have this eternal connection to the Father. And we're to remain steadfast in that relationship with him first. And if we remain steadfast with that relationship with him first, then all other relationships will flow as a result out of that relationship. In other words, where we've disconnected and failed in relationships with others, the common denominator is that we've not allowed him to be that vine in our life, that we've not remained in that relationship with him. But if we remain connected in that relationship with him first, then all other relationships that we connect with, all those others that are in our life will flow out of that relationship with him first. And if we have it out of order, that's where the disconnect begins to happen. The second way we would connect is our love for one another. They were the two greatest commands that Jesus gave us. And he, this was our kingdom understanding of loving God and loving people. To be connected to the kingdom of God, to be connected to the Father. This is how we live out our Christian walk. This is how we live out being disciples. And that, that connection has to be both, not one or the other. And that would remain in both those relationships connected to the Father, connected to one another. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 35, he says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in a manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. That we're connecting with one another in such a way that we're stirring up love. When's the last time that, that we've, we've done that with one another? How important that is for us. And even when we're viewing online and maybe feeling a little disconnected, you can still be stirred up in God's love for you. You can still be stirred up and connected to him in that way. But two, to encourage and stir up with one another that love that he has for us and that love for one another. And I'll tell you what happens as a result is we stir love. Others begin to see that love being stirred among one another. And as we're stirring that love for one another, others will see that love. They'll be attracted to that love, to that connection that we have with the Father and that connection that we have with one another. And that importance, and although we can't gather together as normally as we've gathered before, and we will in the soon future, that as we get to the other side of this time and uh, this trial that we're going through, that we'll continue with that stirring. We'll continue with that gathering. We'll continue with that faithfulness and that good works and, and coming alongside one another and exhorting and building up one another for the greater work that Christ has called us to do. But that's how we're to be connected with one another. And I think just as forming those good habits, so too that it, it takes us forming those relationships, those connections with one another, that we have to forge them together. We have to stir them on with one another. See, our connection and our love for God and one another has to be intentional. It's not something that is a happenstance. We don't happen along to fall into those things, but it's intentional. He loves us intentionally. He loves us intentionally enough to give up his son for us. He 
has loved us intentionally, so too our response is to love him intentionally and love others in that same way, to, to form that habit of loving one another, of exhorting one another, of building up one another. And the devices we use each day, they're only as useful as their last charge. That all those things that we have that, that, that seem to create this massive amount of communication yet we still feel more isolated than we ever have before. All those different devices that we have in our life, they're only as good as their last charge. If they're not plugged in, they're useless to us. So how much more is the same for our spiritual life? How much more for us to begin to grow and be connected with the Father and connected with one another that we have to be plugged in? That's the response, that we have to plug in to that relationship with who God is in our life and that relationship with one another. It's the way that we connect together with him and connect together with one another that we receive and, and become fully charged for the things he's calling us to do. And Jesus told his disciples that you'll have to lose your life to find it. That's how that relationship with God begins. That's where the connection begins. Because if we don't lose our life, then we won't be needing to be connected to the Father. But when we surrender, when we lose our life for his sake, then we find it. And it's in that place that we begin to understand that we've been connected to him, that we're daily connected in that relationship with him. And we do that by being in the community together as, as, as one, that, that we're, we're together, gathered, one another. Even as we watch from homes and different locations and different places, we're still one and we're still gathered together and we're still community of God. As we gather when we can in person with the proper distancing and those things, that we're still connecting in that way, that, that we're joining a small group maybe within the church, whether it's virtual or hybrid, that we're still intentionally connecting because we have to be within that community together. And we're called to connect together. We're called to build those relationships up for one another. And as we build those up, relationships up with God and with one another, the world will see something's different. Something about that love that's stirred up within us is different than what they have. This is the foundation of our faith that we're called to love God, we're called to love people, and we're called to be connected. So I encourage you this week, take one step, make one habit towards being connected, being better connected in your walk, your relationship with the Father, being connected with one another in a relationship within your community. I want you to connect like you've never connected before. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we know that it's only through you where we connect to that love that you have for us that we are changed and we are transformed. And So Lord, we need and we desire that relationship as well. So help us. Help us be better connected to you. Forgive us where we've been disconnected. Come right now in this moment, Lord, and connect us in a way that will continue to change us. Connect us in a way, Lord, with our relationships with our brothers and sisters and those around us. And for all of us, it starts with understanding that sacrifice that Jesus made, that God so loved the world to give his son so that he could be connected to us through the son, that we could have this relationship. So we have to make a decision to be connected. Jesus makes an invitation, but we have to receive the invitation. And I don't know anyone's heart, but I know that he desires to be in that relationship with you. So whether maybe you've 
know the Lord and felt disconnected, or maybe you haven't made that decision for the first time, you're saying today is a moment where I need to connect my life to the vine. I want to give you an invitation to pray with me, to be connected to him in that way. And if you'd like to pray with me, just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed with us and you're watching on the campus, a button will come up and say, I prayed that prayer. And what we want to do is help you get better connected now. We want to help you on that pathway to discipleship. So you can do that now on the campus and let us know. You can email us through our website, or if you're watching from another platform, you can connect with us. And what we want to do is come alongside of you and help you on this journey with the Lord. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you.